Welcome to the Random Rant Generator, and um, we're doing a little something, something special today. This is the butcher, the baker, and I'm joined here by the candlestick maker. How you doing today? Today we're going to be doing a little bit of a radio broadcast. I hope you like my sexy radio voice, because that's going to be the entire voice I use the entire time. Let's get right into it. Narrator, let's, if you please. Let's fuck this puppy. All right. Marley was dead. No doubt about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a strong start. That's a powerful start. Anyway, continue. I the don't see that on your lines. <laughs> I don't see anywhere I mean, where you... It's literally, it's the top. It's the narrator. He's reading the narrator. Sorry. Go on. The register of his barrel was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and, and the, the chief mourner. And that dude Scrooge signed it. Scrooge's name was good for anything he chose to put his hand to. Okay. Old Marley, deader than a doornail. Like I said, to the best of my knowledge, what is there particularly dead about a doornail? I have to say, a coffin-like nail. A coffin nail. Coffin nail as the deadliest piece of iron magony (laughs) in the trade. But the wisdom of our ancestors is in the smile and in the unhallowed... I'm sorry. And shall not disturb it. Or the country's done for it. You will therefore permit me to repeat emphatically that Marley was as dead as a doornail. Of course, Scrooge knew he was dead. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I do not know how many years. And at the funeral, Scrooge was the only one to arrive. This mention of Marley's funeral brings me to saying that this death had an effect on Scrooge. Scrooge never painted uh, out Marley's name. Sorry, painted out old Marley's name. The warehouse door still has both names, Scrooge and Marley's. Nothing can have an effect on a person of Scrooge. Heat and cold do nothing to change Scrooge. No warmth could warm, no ice could chill him. No wind that blew was bitterer than he. No falling snow was more intent upon its purpose, no pelting rain less open to entry, no foul weather. Uh, it's no your script. script. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I apologize. No, no. Foul weather didn't know where to have him. The heaviest rain and snow and hail and sleet could boast of the advantage over him in only one respect. Nobody had ever stopped him in the street to say with a gladsome look, My dear Scrooge, how are you? When will you come to see me? No one would inquire of Scrooge. Even the blind men's dogs appeared to know him. And when they saw him coming on, they would tug their owners into doorways and up courts. But what did Scrooge care? It was the very thing he liked. To the edge of his way, along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy, to keep its distance. Once upon a time, it was Christmas Eve. So the door of Scrooge's counting house was open, that he might keep his eye on his clerk. Scrooge's nephew entered. Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Bah, humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle. You don't mean that, do you? I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you? (laughs) (laughs) Uncle, are you okay? (laughs) You're poor enough. 
Come then, what right have you to be dismal, dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. Bah, humbug. Don't be cross, uncle. What else can I be? When I live in such a world of fools as this, Merry Christmas, what Christmas time? What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money, a time for finding yourself a year older, but not an hour richer. Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled down to his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Holy shit, uncle. Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it, but you don't keep it. Leave, let me leave it alone then. Much may, much good. <laughs> much, much yes. good it has ever done you. <laughs> there are many things from which I might have derived good by which I have not profited, I dare say. Christmas among the rest, but I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year. Bah, <laughs> humbug! Let me hear another sound from you, and I'll keep and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come dine with us tomorrow. <laughs> Scrooge said that he would see him. Yes, indeed, he did. He went to the whole length of the expression and said that he would see them in extremity first. But why? Why? Why did you get married? Because I fell in love. Because you fell in love. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Nay, uncle, but you never came to see me before that happened. Why give it as a reason for not coming now? Good afternoon. I, I, I want nothing from you. I ask nothing from you. Why cannot we be friends? Good afternoon. Are you broken? <laughs> Are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Uncle. His nephew left the room without an angry word. <laughs> he stopped at the outer doors to bestow the greeting of the seasons on the clerk as he left. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker book, he went home to bed. He lived in chambers which once belonged to his deceased partner. Nobody lived in it but Scrooge. All the other rooms had been all left out as offices. Now it is a fact that there is nothing happening that happened that Scrooge Nothing at all particular. Oh, particular about knocker on the door, except in very fact it was large. Now, how it happened that Scrooge, having a key in the lock, saw the knocker as Marley's face. It did not in an impenetrable shadow as other objects in the yard were, but as a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in the cellar. And it, it was a not it was not angry or ferocious, but it looked at Scrooge as Marley used to look at him with the ghostly spectacles turned up on its ghostly forehead. The eyes were curiously stirring, as if by breath or hot air. And though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That, and its livid color, made it horrible. But its horror seemed to be in spite of its face, beyond its control, rather than part of its own expression. It was then, 
and door knocker again. With that, Scrooge went up to his room and looked around, quite satisfied. He closed the door, locked himself in, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. Humbug. As he threw his head back in the chair, his glance happened to rest upon a bell, a disused bell. It was with great astonishment, with a strange, unexpected dreariness, that he was looked, and he saw the bell begin to swing. It swung so softly in the onset, outset, that dread, sorry, that it scarcely made a sound, but soon it rang out loudly, and so did every bell in the house. The bell ceased as they begun together. There was succession by clinking noise deep down, as if some person was dragging a heavy chain over the casks in the wine merchant's cellar. Scrooge then remembered to have heard the ghosts in the haunted houses were described as dragging chains. The cellar door flew open in a booming sound, and then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. It's humbug still. I won't believe it. Scrooge's color changed, though, when, without a pause, it came through the heavy door, passing into the rooms before his eyes, coming upon in the flaming, sorry, the flaming, the dying flames leaped up. I know him. It's Marley's ghost. No, the no. same face, the very same. Marley in his pigtail, usually waistcoat, boots, tights, and the tassel on his ladder brimming, like his pigtail, his coat and skirt, shirts, and the hair upon his head, the chain drew was clasped about his middle. It was long, wound about him like a tail. His body was transparent. So Scrooge, observing him and looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on the coast behind him. I, I gotta say that description sound, makes Marley sound pretty fucking sexy. Like, that's... Tights and pigtails and shit like that for a well, nice guy. Marley, you are my partner. No. How now? <laughs> what do you want with me? Much. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? You're particular for a shade. In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Have a seat. Here on my lap, let's talk about it. <laughs> Damn, you looking mighty snackish. <laughs> the ghost sat down on the opposite side of the fireplace, as if he was quite used to it. <laughs> Come here around these parts too often. You don't believe in me. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I... Don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a, a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may uh, be an undigested bit of beef, a, a blot of mustard, a, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. Do you see this toothpick? There's some harsh-ass words, Mr. Scrooge, but I see it. I have but to swallow this and be, for the rest of my days, persecuted by a legion 
of goblins. All of my own creation. Humbug, I tell you, humbug. <laughs> At this, the spirit raised a frightful cry and shook its chains with such dismal and appalling noise that Scrooge held tight to his chair to save himself from falling in a swoon. Scrooge fell upon his knees, clasped his hand before his face. Mercy! Dreadful apparition! Why do you trouble me? Why do spirits walk the earth, and why do they come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me, and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. Again, the specter raises a cry, and shook its chains, and wrung its shadowy hands. You are fettered. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link, and yard by yard. I girded it on my, of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Is, is its pattern strange to you? Or would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was fooled as heavy and as long as this seven Christmas eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Old Jacob Marley, tell me more. Speak comfort to me, sweet Jacob. Go fuck. I mean, I have none to give. It comes from other regions. Ebenezer Scrooge, and is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. Nor can I tell you what I would. A very little more is all permitted to me. I cannot rest, I cannot stay, I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house. Mark me! Weary journeys lie before me the whole time. No rest, no peace, incessant torture of remorse. You might have got over a great quantity of ground in seven years. Hear me! My time is nearly gone. That is no light part of my penance. I'm here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. I chance and hope of procuring, Ebenezer, you will be haunted by three spirits. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread, except for the first ner- of course. Except for the first tomorrow, when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I just take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour, the third upon the next night when you last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more. Sorry, ghost. Play. And look that for your own sake you remember what has passed between us. The apparition walked backwards from him, and every step it took, the window raised itself a little, so that when the specter reached it, it was wide open. It beckoned Scrooge to approach, which he did. When he came to, there were two, they were within two paces of each other. Gar Marley's ghost held up its hand, warning him to come no nearer. Scrooge stopped. Scrooge followed to the window, desperately in curiosity. He looked out. 
The wind was filled with phantoms wandering hither and hither in the relentless haste, and the moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. A few, they might have been guilty governments, were linked together, none were free. Scrooge closed the window, examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double locked. He had locked it with his own hands, and the bolts were undisturbed. He went straight to bed, without undressing, and fell asleep upon an instant. When Scrooge awoke, the chimes of a neighboring church struck the four quarters, so he listened for the hour. To his great astonishment, the heavy bell went on six to seven, and from seven to eight, and regularly up to twelve. Then stopped. Twelve. Why, it is impossible that I can have slept through a whole day and far into another night. It isn't possible that anything has happened to the sun, and this is twelve noon. Scrooge lay until the chime had gone three-quarters more. He resolved to lay awake until the hour passed, and considering that he could no more go to sleep than go to heaven, this was perhaps the wisest resolution in his power. However, the quarter was so long that he was more than once convinced he must have sunk into a doze unconsciously and missed the clock. At a length, it broke upon his ears listening. Ding, dong. A quarter past. Ding, dong. Half past. Ding, dong. A quarter to it. Ding, dong. The hour itself and nothing else the curtains of his bed were drawn aside and scrooge started up into a half remembrant attitude he found himself face to face with an unearthly visitor it was a strange figure like a child yet not so like a child as like an old man are you the spirit sir who's coming was foretold to me? I am! I am the ghost of Christmas past, your past. I am here for your welfare, your reclamation, then take heed! It put out its strong hand as it spoke. (laughs) And clasped him gently by the arm. Rise and walk with me! I am but a mortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand there and you shall be upheld and more than this. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished. God damn, I was bred in this place. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. Your lip is trembling, and what is that upon your cheek? Scrooge mustered, and with the unusual <laughs> catching in his voice, that it was a pimple, and begged the ghost to lead him where he would. Good. Oh! Uh, you re- recollect the way? I remember it. I could walk it, blindfolded. I, I really suggest Clearasil to clear that up, by the way. That's just a... Strange to have forgotten it for so many years! Let us go on! The ghost and Scrooge came upon a small schoolhouse with a single light burning in a window. 
The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child neglected by his friends is left there still. Scrooge said he knew it and sobbed. They left on the high road by a well-remembered lane and soon approached the mansion. They were... Sorry, they went, the ghost and Scrooge, across the hall to the door at the back of the house. It opened before them, disclosed a long, bare, melancholy room, made barer still by the lines of plain uh, deal forms and desks. At one of these, a lonely boy was reading near a feeble fire. Scrooge sat down upon a form and wept to see his poor forgotten self as he used to be. The spirit touched him on the arm and pointed to his younger self. Intent upon his reading, suddenly a man in foreign garments, wonderfully real and distinct to look at, stood outside the window with an axe stuck in its belt, leading by the bridle and axe laden with wood. Why, it's Alibaba. It's dear old honest Alibaba. Yes, yes, I know. One Christmas time, when yonder solitary child was left here all alone, he did come. For the first time, just like that. Poor boy. And Valentine, said Scrooge, and his wild brother, Orson, there they go. And what's his name? Who was put down in his drawers, asleep at the gate of Damascus? Don't you see him? And the sultan's groom turned upside down, by the genie. There he is upon his head. Serve him right. I'm glad of it. What business had he to be married to the princess? There's the parrot. Green body and yellow of towel with a thing like a lettuce going out of the top of its head. There he is. Poor Robin Crusoe. (coughs) He called him when he came home again after sailing round the island. Poor Robin Crusoe. Where have you been, Robin Crusoe? There goes Friday, running for his life to the little creek. Hola, hoop, halloo. Something then changed on the face of Scrooge. That was the wildest shit I've ever heard. What is the matter? Nothing. Nothing. The ghost smiled thoughtfully and waved its hand. Let us see another Christmas. Scrooge's former self grew large at the woods, and the room became a little darker and more dirty. The panels shrunk, the windows cracked, the filaments of plaster fell out of the ceiling. It was not, he was not reading now, but walking up and down despairingly. Scrooge looked at the ghost, and with a mournful shake of his hand, glanced anxiously towards the door. It opened. A little girl much younger than the boy, came darting in, put her arms around his neck, and often kissed him, addressed him as dear, dear brother. Sexy. I have... Fuck. I have come to bring you home, dear brother, to bring you home, home! Home, little fan? Yes, home for good and all. Home forever and ever. Father is so much kinder than he used to be. The home's like heaven. He spoke so gently to me one dear night when I was going to bed that I was not afraid to ask him once more if you might come home. And he said, yes, you should. And sent me in the coach to bring you. And you're to be a man. You are never to become home first here, but first, 
We are together all Christmas long, and I have the merriest time in the world. You are quite the woman, little fan. <laughs> she clapped her hands and laughed, and then tried to touch his head. But being too little, laughed again, and stood on her tiptoes to embrace him. <laughs> she went on to drag him in her childish e- eagerness towards the door, and he, nothing loth to go, accompanied her. A terrible voice in the, hi- in the halls cried, Bring down Master Scrooge's box there! In the hall appeared the schoolmaster himself. He glared, who, who glared on Master Scrooge with furious condensation. Condemnation. Condemnation. <laughs> like I said, condescension. That's exactly what I said, yes. And threw him into the dreadful state of mind by shaking hands with him. Then he conveyed him and his sister into the veriest old well of a shivering best parlor that they had ever seen, where maps upon the wall of the celestial and terrestrial globes in the windows were waxy with cold. Master Scrooge's trunk, being by this time tied on the top of the chase, and the children bade the schoolmaster goodbye, right willing, and getting into it, drove gaily down the garden steps, and quickly wheels dashing and hoard frost and snow from off the darkness leaves of the evergreens like spray. Always a delicate creature whom a breath might have withered, but she had a large heart. So she had. You're right. I will not gainsay it, spirit. God forbid. She died a woman and had children. One child. True! Your nephew. Yes. Although they had that moment left in the schoolyard behind them, they were now passing the busy thoroughfares of a city, where shadowy passengers passed and, repre- and repassed, where shadowy carts and coaches battled for the way, and all strife and turmoil of a real city were. It was made plain enough by the dressing of the shops that here, too, it was Christmas time again. But it was the door and the streets that were lit- lighted up. The ghost stopped at a certain warehouse and asked Scrooge if he knew it. I uh, know it. I was apprenticed here. Why, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his heart. It's Fezziwig. is alive again. Old Fezziwig laid down his pen. He looked up at the clock, which pointed to an hour of seven. He rubbed his hands together, adjusted his capacious waistcoat, laughed all over himself, from his shoes to his organs of benevolence called out in comfort with a oily, rich, fat, jovial voice. Yo-ho there, Ebenezer. Dick. I had that voice before. That was... (laughs) (laughs) Scrooge's former self. Scrooge's former self, now grown a young man, came briskly in, accompanied by his fellow apprentices. Dick Wilkins, to be sure, yes. Bless me, yes, there he is. He was very much attached to me. Poor Dick. 
There, there. <laughs> Yo ho, my boys. No more work tonight. Christmas Eve, dick. Christmas Ebenezer, dick. Let's have the shutters up before a man can say Jack Robinson, dick. Hill ho, clear away, my lads, and let's have lots of room here. Dick, hill ho, dick. Cheer up, Ebenezer, dick. With that, a party began. A small matter to uh, make these silly folks so full of dick gratitude. Dicks. Small? Why is it not my dick? Wait, he has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Three or four, perhaps. That's, that's the ghost. You're supposed to be the ghost right now. Fuck! <laughs> Whoa! What? <laughs> Wait. Shit. <laughs> Hold on. I'm getting confused. Why is it not? He has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Three or four, perhaps. Is that so much that he deserves this praise? It, it isn't that. It isn't that, spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks, in things so slight and insignificant that it is impossible to add and count them up, what then? The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it costs a fortune. What is the matter? You sound a little constipated. Uh, nothing. Nothing particular. Something, I think. No, I should like to be able to have a word or two with my clerk just now, that's all. My time grows short, quick, jabroni! This is the even-handed dealing of the world. There is nothing on which is so hard as poverty. There is nothing it professes to condemn with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then? Am I not changed towards you? Have I ever sought release? In words, no, never. She left him, and they parted. Spirit! Show me no more. Conduct me home. Why do you delight to torture me? One shadow more. No more. No more. I don't wish to see it. Show me no more. But the relentless ghost pined him in both arms and forced him to observe what happened next. They were in another scene and place, a room not much... Not very large or handsome, but full of comfort. The noise in this room was perfectly tumulus. There were not 40 children conducting themselves like one, but every child was conducting itself like 40. I should have liked, I do confess, to have it, to have had the lightest incense, <laughs> the lightest license of a child, and yet to have been man enough to know its value. But now a knocking at the door was heard. And such a rush immediately ensued that she was laughing face with plundering dress was borne toward in the center of a flush and boisterous, boisterous group just in time to greet the father who had come home at attended by a man laden with Christmas toys and presents. And now Scrooge looked on more attentively than ever when the master of the house, having his daughter leaned fondly on him, sat there with her and her mother at his own fireside. And when he thought such another creature, quite as graceful and full of promise, might have called him father, 
and been a springtime and haggard winters of his life. He slightly grew very dim indeed. Bill, I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon. Who was it? Guess. How, well, how can I truly? I don't know, Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge, it was. I passed his office window, and as it... Fuck! I passed his office window, and as it was not shut up, I... And he had a candle inside. I could scarcely help seeing him. His partner lies upon the point of death, I hear, and he's here. He sat alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you these were shadows of the things that have been, that they are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me. I cannot bear it. Leave me. Take me back. Haunt me no longer. In the struggle that, if that could have been called a struggle, in which the ghost, with no visible resistance on its own part, was undisturbed by any effort of its adversary. He was conscious of being exhausted and overcome by irresistible drowsiness that he barely had time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep. Awaking in the middle of prodigiously tough snore and sat up in bed to get his thoughts together, Scrooge had no occasion to be told that the bell again was upon the stroke of one. He felt that he had been restored to consciousness in the right nick of time for a special purpose of holding a conference with the second messenger dispatched to him through Jacob Marley's intervention. When the bell struck one and no shape appeared, he was taken with a violent fit of trembling. Five minutes, ten minutes, a quarter of an hour went by, and yet nothing came. At last, however, he began to think, or you or I would have thought at first, for it was always the person not in the predicament who knows what ought to have been done in it, and would have question, unquestionably have been done it too. At last, I say, he began to think that the source and the secrets of this ghostly light might be in the adjoining room, from whence, on further tracing it, it seemed to shine. This idea taking full possession of his mind, he got up softly, shuffled in his slippers to the door, that moment, Scrooge's hand was on the lock. A strange voice called him by name and bade him to enter. He obeyed. Hey, yo, come in, come in. I know me better, man. Scrooge entered timidly and hung his head before the spirit. He was not the dodged Scrooge had been. And though the spirit's eyes were clear and kind, he did not like to meet them. I'm the ghost Christmas present. Look me up. You never have seen the like of me before. <laughs> never. Never. Have you ever walked forth with the younger members of my family? Meaning, for I am very young. My elder brother's born in these later years? I, I don't think I have. I'm afraid I have not. Have you had many brothers, spirit? Bitch, I got more than 1,800. A tremendous family to provide for, Spirit. If you have aught to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my dick, bro. My dick, touch my dick. Scrooge did as he was told and held it fast. <laughs> Scrooge was taken through the city and saw all the others, what all the others were doing on that day. 
Scrooge saw that out of all the people, the sights of all of these poor revelers approaching to <laughs> approaching to interest the spirit very much. Where Mom, he stood with cup? Scrooge. <laughs> For he stood with Scrooge beside him in the bakery's door, and taking off the covers as their bearers passed, sprinkled incense on their dinners from his torch. Oh, there, spirit, is there a particular flavor in what you sprinkle from your torch? There is, my own. Would you apply it to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kind of giving, bitch. To a more than, to a poor more, to poor fuck, to a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. Spirit, I wonder, uh, of all the beings in the many worlds about us, should desire to cramp these people's opportunities of innocent enjoyment, you would deprive them of their means of dining every seventh day, often the only day on which they can be said to dine at all, wouldn't you? Aye! You seek to close these places on the seventh day, and it comes to the same thing. I seek. Forgive me if I am wrong. It has been done in your name, or at least in that of your family. There are some upon this earth of yours who lay claim to know us, and who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill wit, hatred, envy, bigotry, and selfishness in our name, and who are as strange to us as all our kith and kin. As if they had ever, never laughed, lived, fucked. Remember that and charge your, their doings on themselves, not us, bitch. Oh, what had ever got your precious father then? And your brother, Tana Tam? And Martha wanders late like every Christmas day yep. by half an hour? I hear Martha. Mother, hurrah! There's such a goose, Martha. Why, bless your heart alive. My dear, how late are you? We had a deal of our work to finish up last night, and I had to clear away this morning, Mother. <laughs> well, never mind. So long as ye are come, sit ye down before the fire, my dear, and have a warm Lord bless you. Nah, nah, Father's coming. He'll let Martha hide. Why, here's our Martha. Oh, not coming. Not coming, not coming upon Christmas Day. And how did little Tim behave? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful, sitting by himself so much, and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped <laughs> people saw him in the church because he was crippled, and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Upon finishing a dinner that Scrooge had never seen before, the meagerness to everything could be seen plainly. Yet something happened that Scrooge could not understand. Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. You know, I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these, if these shadows remain un, unaltered by the future, 
the child will definitely die. Oh, shit. Oh. No, no. Oh, no. Kindly spirit. Say that he will be spared. Hey, yo, man, if these shadows remain unaltered by the future, none of, a, none of the other race will find him here. What, what then? What then? If he be like, if he be like to die, I had better do it. And decrease of the surplus population. Man, if man, you being heart, not adamant, forbear that wicked can't until you discover that what surplus is and where it is. Will you decide what man shall, shall live and men shall die? It may be that in the light of heaven you are more worthless and less fit to live in millions like more poor man's child. Oh God, to hear the insect on the leaf pronounce too much life among his hungry brothers to dust. Mr. Scrooge. I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children, it's Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day. I'm sure on which one drinks the health of such audacious, stanky, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink to his health for your sake and the days, but not for his. Long life to him, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Upon hearing this, the spirit took Scrooge to another place. What place is this? I might as well minus live who labor in the bells of earth. The spirit did not tarry here but bade Scrooge to hold his robe, and passing on above the moor speed, where is there? Not to the sea, to the sea. To Scrooge's horror, looking back, he saw the last of the land, a frightful range of rocks behind him. But he, even here, two men watched the light made by a fire, that through the loophole in the thick stone wall shed out of a ray of brightness on the awful sea. Again the ghost sped on, above the black and heavy sea, on and on, until being far away, as he told Scrooge, from any shore, they lightened on a ship. Every man on board, waking or sleeping, good or bad, had a, had a kinder word for another on that day than on any other day in the year. It was such a great surprise to Scrooge, while thus engaged, to hear a hearty laugh, it was a much greater surprise to Scrooge to recognize it as his own nephews, and to find himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room with the spirit standing, smiling on his side, and looking at the same nephew with approving, approving affability. Affability! Affability! Looking at the same nephew with approving affability. Commendable. Ho, 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 ha, ho, ha, ha, ho. Ho ha! Ho ho ha! He said that Christmas was a humbug! As I live, he believed it too! More shame for him, Fred. <laughs> He's a comical old fellow! That's the truth! And not so pleasant as he might be! However, his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him! I'm sure he is very rich, Fred. At least, you always tell me so. 
What of that, my dear? His wealth is of no use to him, and is he ever going to benefit us with it? I have no patience for the man. Oh, I have. I am sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. Who suffers by his ill winds himself always? Here he takes into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us. What's the consequence? He don't lose much of a dinner. Indeed, I think he loses a very good dinner. Well, I'm very glad to hear it, because I haven't great faith in these young housekeepers. What do you say, Topper lad? Do go on, Fred. He never finishes what he begins to say. He's such a ridiculous fellow. <laughs> I was only going to say that the consequences of his talking, taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us, I am sure he loses pleasanter come... Ple fuck. Loses pleasanter... Hmm. Placenta. Plus, plus, yes. Placenta companions, then he can find, can find in his own... <laughs> placebo in his own thoughts, either in his moody old office or his doosty chambers. I mean to give him the same chance every year, with whether he likes it or not, or I pity him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. To the old man, whatever he is, he wouldn't take it from me, but he may have it nevertheless. Uncle Scrooge, I'll get scooshed to you. <laughs> but the whole scene passed off in the breath of the last words spoken by his nephew, and he and his spirit were again upon their travels. It was a long night, if it was only night, but Scrooge had his doubts about this, because the Christmas holidays appeared to be condensed into the space of time as they passed together. It was strange, too. While Scrooge remained unaltered in his, for in his outward form, the ghost grew older, clearly older. Are spirits' lives so short? My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight, tonight at midnight. Hark! The time of drawing is near. Forgive me if I am not justified in what I ask, but I see something strange and not belonging to yourself. Uh, protruding from your robe there. Is it a foot or a claw? <laughs> hey, it might be a claw, but look here. It's my dick. From the foldings of its <laughs> Oh no. It's, it's still my head. <laughs> Wait. From the folding of its robes, it brought forth two children. <laughs> Wretched, abject, frightful, hideous, miserable. Oh man, look here, look, look, look down here. They were a boy and girl. Yellow, meager, ragged, scowled, wolfish, but prostrate too in their humility. Where angels might have sat enthroned, Devils lurked and glared out menacingly. No change, no degradation, no preservation of humanity in any grade. Through all these mysteries of a wonderful creation, a monster half so horrible and dreaded. Upon seeing this, Scrooge startled back, appalled. <laughs> Spirit, are are they yours? Hey, yo, man, they are a man's. They are a man. They are a man's, and they cling to me. 
peeling from their fathers. This boy is ignorance, this girl is wrong. Beware them both and all of their degree, but most of all, beware this boy, for on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless the writing be erased. He's also kind of an asshole. Have they no refuge or resources? Are they prisons? Are they no workhouses? The bell struck twelve. Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw it not. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley and lifted his eyes towards a seldom old phantom draped in hooded, coming-like mist along the ground towards him. It was a shroud in deep, dark garment which concealed its face, its head, its form, and nothing left of it visible save one outstretched hand. But for this, it would have been difficult to detach its figure from the night and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded. Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? The spirit answered not, but pointed onward with its hand. Uh, you are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? Although well used to ghostly com com company at this time, Scrooge feared the silent shape so much that his legs trembled beneath him. He found that he could hardly stand while he prepared to follow it. Ghost of the future, I, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live, I hope to live, to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? Lead on, lead on, the night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me, I know. Lead on, spirit. The phantom moved away as it had come towards him. Scrooge seemed to follow the shadow of its dress. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring upon them and encompass them of its own act. The spirit stomped beside him, a little knot of businessmen. Observing that the hand was pointed towards them, Scrooge advanced to listen to their talk. No, I don't rightly recollect uh, no much about it either way. I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I reckon. Why? What was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. Lord willing. What has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, mayhaps. <laughs> he hasn't left it to me, that's all I know. It's likely to be a very cheap funeral, for upon my life I don't know anybody to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. I don't mind. I don't, I don't rightly mind going if lunch is provided. <laughs> but I better be fed if I make one. Well, I am the most disinterested among you. After all, for I never wear black gloves and I never eat lunch, but I'll offer to go if anybody else will. When I come think of it, I'm not at all sure. I wasn't his most particular friend, for he used to stop and speak whenever we met. Bye-bye. The phantom glided onto, the, onto a street. Its fingers pointed to two persons meeting. He knew them, also perfectly, 
They were men of business, very wealthy, and of great importance. He had made a point always of standing well in their esteem, in a business point of view. That is, strictly in a business point of view. How art thou? And how art thou if... if well, old Scratch has gone his own way at last, eh? So, so if I am told if it, cold if this is it, is it? Seasonable for Christmas time. You're not a skater, I suppose. Knoweth, knoweth, something if else think of it. Good morning, if. Old English. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scrooge was at first inclined to be surprised the spirit should attach importance to a conversation apparently so trivial. But feeling assured that they must have had a hidden purpose, they could scarcely be supposed to have had any bearing on the death of Jacob, his old partner. For that was the past, and this ghost province was the future. For he had an expectation that the conduct of his future self would give him the clue he missed, and would render the solution of these riddles easy. Quiet and dark, beside him stood the phantom, with its outstretched hand, and when he rose himself from his thought quest, he fancied from the turn of the head and the situation in reference to himself that the unseen eyes were going to, were going, were looking at him keenly. Spirit, this is a fearful place. In leaving it, I shall not leave its lesson. Trust me, let us go. Still the ghost pointed with an unmoved finger to the head. I understand you, and... I would do it if I could, but I have not the power, spirit. I have not the power. Is there, if there is any person in the town who feels emotion caused by this man's death, show that person to me, spirit. I beseech you. The phantom spread its dark robe before him for a moment, like a wing, and withdrawing it, revealing a room by daylight where a mother and her children were at length the long-expected knock was heard. She hurried to the door and met her husband, a man whose face was careworn and depressed. Though he was young, there were remarkable expression in his face now. A kind of serious delight of which he felt ashamed and which he struggled to express. Is it good or bad? Bad. Are we quite ruined? No, there's no hope yet, Caroline. If he relents, there is. Nothing is past hope. If such a miracle has happened... He is a past relenting. He is dead. To whom will our debt be transferred? I don't know, but before that time we should be ready with the money. Even though, And even though we are not, it would be bad fortune indeed to find so merciless a creditor and his successor. We might sleep well at night with light hearts, Caroline. Let me see some tenderness connected with a death. Or that dark chamber, spirit, which we left just now, will forever be present to me. The ghost conducted him through several streets familiar to his feet, to the boar of Bob Cratchit's house, the dwelling he had visited before, and found the mother and the child seated around the fire. And he took that child and set him in the midst of them. 
Where had Scrooge heard those words? He had not dreamed them. The boy must have read them out. As he and the spirit crossed the threshold, why did he not go on? The color hurts my eyes. The better now. Again, it makes them weak by candlelight. I would know... I wouldn't show the weak eye to his father when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. I've got the papers. Pass around, but I think he was walking a little slower than he used to. These few last evenings, mother. I know. I have walked with him. I would have known to walk him with time to time upon his shoulders. Very fast indeed. And so have I. But he was a very light to carry, and his father loved him so that it was no trouble, no trouble. And there was, is your father at the door Sunday? You went today? Then, Robert? Yes, my dear, I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that I would walk there on Sunday. My little, little child, my little child. Little child. He broke down at once. He couldn't help it. He left the room and went upstairs to the room above, which was lighted cheerfully and hung with, with Christmas. There was a chair set close beside the child, and there were signs of someone having been there lately. Bob told them of the extraordinary kindness of Mr. Scrooge's nephew, to whom he had scarcely seen but once and who, meeting him in the street that day, and seeing that he looked a little. Just a, a little down, for you know, he is the pleasantest spoken gentleman you ever heard, I told him. I am heartily sorry for it, Mr. Cratchit, he said, and heartily sorry for your good wife. By the by, how he ever knew that, I don't know. You know what, my dear? Why, that you're a good wife. <laughs> Why, everybody knows that. Very well observed, my boy. I hope they do. Heartily sorry, he said, for your good wife. If I can be of service to you in any way, he said, giving me his card, that's where I live. Pray come to me now. It wasn't for the sake of anything he might be able to do for us, for much as for his kind way, that this was quite delightful. It really seemed as if he had known our tiny Tim and felt with us. I'm sure he was a good soul. You would be surer of it, my dear, if you saw and spoke to him. I shouldn't be surprised at all. Mark what I say if he got Peter a better situation. Oh, hear that, Peter? Get along with you! It's just as likely as not one of these days. Though there's plenty of time for that, my dear, but however and whenever we part from one another, I'm sure we shall none of us forget poor tiny Tim, shall we? Or this first parting that there was among us? <laughs> Mrs. Cratchit <laughs> kissed him and the kid's spirit of tiny Tim. Thy childish essence was from God. Spectre! Spectre! Something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me what man was that whom we saw lying dead? 
<laughs> the ghost of Christmas yet to come did not say anything, but went straight on. This court through which we hurry now is where my place of occupation is, and has been for a long time. I see the house. Let me behold what I shall be in days to come. The spirit stopped. The hand was pointed elsewhere. The house is yonder. Why do you point away? The inexplorable finger underwent no change. Scrooge hastened to the window of his office and looked in. It was Snoffus still, but not his. The furniture was not the same. The figure in the chair was not himself. The phantom pointed as before. He joined it once again, wondering why and whether he had gone. Accompanied it until they reached an iron gate. He paused to look around before entering. The spirit stood amongst the graves and pointed down to one. Before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadowy things of things that will be? Or are they shadows of things that may be? Still, the ghost pointed downward to the graves by which it stood. Scrooge crept towards it, trembling as he went, and following the finger, read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. Am I the man who lay upon the bed? Spirit, hear me! Am I not the man I was? I will not be the man I must have been, but for this intercourse. <laughs> Why show me this, if I am past all hope? For the first time, the hand appeared to shake. After a few moments, the hand trembled. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Scrooge awoke in bed. The bed was his own. The room was his own. I will live in the past, the present, and future. <laughs> the spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees. Oh, Jacob. On my knees. <laughs> Slap them cakes. I don't know what to do. I am as light as a feather, as happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy. I am as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year to all the world. Hello there. Hoop. Hello! I'm so fucking horny! He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there, <laughs> perfectly winded. He checked his transports by the church, ringing out the lustiest pearls he'd ever heard. Clash, clang, hammer, ding, dong, bell. This is pretty sexy. Bell, dong, ding. Hammer, clash, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist. Clear, bright, 
jovial, stirring, cold. Cold, piping for the blood to dance to. Glorious sunlight, glorious. What is today? What's today, my fine fellow? Scrooge called downward to a boy in Sunday clothes, who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Today? Why Christmas Day? It's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello? My fine fellow, do you know the Pulterers in the next street but one at the corner? I sure hope I did. An intelligent boy. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. Go and buy it. I'll send it to Bob Cratchits. He shan't know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but the right it did, sorry, he did it. Somehow, and went down stairs to open the door, ready for the coming of the poultry's men. He stood there, waiting upon his arrival. The knocker caught his eye. It was a turkey. He never would have stood upon its legs, that bird. He would have snapped them short off in a minute, like sticks of a ceiling wax. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town. You... Must have a cab. Scrooge got dressed and then headed out. He went to the church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro. He patted children on the head and questioned beggars. He looked down into the kitchens of the houses and up to the windows and found that everything he could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk of anything could have given him so much happiness in the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house. Is your master home, my dear? Where is he? Yes, sir. He's in the dining room, sir, along with the mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank he kindly. He knows me. I'll go in here, my dear. Fred! Why, bless my soul, who's that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? You surprised me. Scrooge was left. It was a mercy he didn't shake off his arm. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could have been heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did Topper when he came. So did the plump sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful anonymity. Wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, while he was there, he could not be there. If he could not be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing he had set his heart upon. Hello! What do you mean by coming here this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. <laughs> I am behind on my time. <laughs> you are! Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. 
It, it's only once a year, sir. I sh it shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, if you catch my meaning. <laughs> now I'll tell you what, my friend. I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, and therefore, I am about to raise your salary. A Merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas, Bob. My good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family. And we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking Bishop. <laughs> this fine strain called Bishop. <laughs> Bob, say good shit. Get the torch, light the fires, and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another Bob Cratchit. And light that shit. Scrooge is better than his word. He did all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became good, became as good as a friend, as good as a master. And it was as good as a man. And as the city, as the good old city knew, or any other city, town, or borough, <laughs> in the good old world, <laughs> some people laughed. To see him, to see the alteration in him, his spirits, but lived up to a total abstinence principle. And afterwards, it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may that be truly said of of us and of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Fucking got, I couldn't, I couldn't oh, turn like off half voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love how half your voices turn into Macho Man. <laughs> right? Oh, we, well, I, 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 wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Got really old. <laughs> it scratches my throat. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I, into my I am going to beat hold over. Okay. <laughs> I really wish I would have made more wrestler puns. And I also really wish I would have had the foresight to call myself Bob Marley instead of just fucking uh, what Mar or what was it, Robert Marley or. I whatever. almost called you Ziggy at one point. <laughs> yeah, Ziggy uh, Marley. Yeah. Well, that was impressive. Truly, uh, that was that was good. That was fun. It was fun. I I I had fun. I'm happy. Good. Everybody uh, kind of bought in. Yeah. I really, I really like. I really had a hard time at the end when I was supposed to go back to back. <laughs> yeah, right. And then there was another point when I was doing like a, a wee bit of a Scottish accent, or maybe it was some other type of English. You were attempting to do English, like Scottish, English, and Irish all together. Yeah. I, I couldn't finish it again. That's what I said. I was I like, where did I get it? Oh man, see, I had an idea of doing French, yeah. and I could not make it all the way there. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, and nope. 
Nope, line's over. Let's yeah. move on with life. Yeah, I totally fucked. Like, as soon as I started with a southern accent, I could not turn off the southern accent. You didn't have a southern accent. <laughs> it, it was, all right. What well, southern accent? <laughs> okay, you know what? Never mind. I do enjoy your ghost of Christmas present. That was, <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> Which one was the ghost of Christmas present? Hey, yo, what's uh, up? I'm uh, the present. I'm what? the present. Yeah. My I also, this also sounded like ice you had my pres- I tried. I tried to go for like the the, the sort of thuggish kind of uh, rapper thing. I thought that would have been fun. But what's again, his name? There is one point where I swore you were just trying to rip off. Um, I came across like Ice T to me. Ice oh, I was talking about a different one. Name I should. I really Law wish I would have fucking right? emanated Ice T. You might have gone for Ice T. That was there. But the one I was thinking of was was a little bit earlier, and it's not um, it's the guy who played um, Morpheus. Oh, I, I don't know his name, but yeah. But you know that voice. Uh huh. Mister, no, fucked it up. He doesn't say Mister Anderson. What if I told you everything you knew in your world was a lie? Yes, and you hit like right on that thing. You start off with one and accent, and it dropped into that every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it basically because like I fucking I I thought I could do like well. I figured I have a range of like maybe three, four distinct voices, and then like we found out it's maybe up. four. It isn't. Yeah, it's not. Maybe it's not quite as diverse as I went once thought. But then there was like more and more characters that I had to like come up with. It's fucking better than me. On the I started butchering the lines from the beginning, and so I'm like, "Fuck it, I can't do a voice because I'm just gonna fuck up all the lines." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I was just chopping through that shit. You know? I was like, yeah, that's why I was going on Boomhauer. You know, it should have been Boomhauer like every single like voice part that you had. It should have just been Boomhauer. I was, thinking, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more doing um, shoot, what's the red versus blue? Um, wait, uh, caboose? Maybe caboose. Maybe that's where I was gonna go with it. But I never got there. Yeah, fair enough. Ugh. So well, that has been. Our attempt at a radio play. Hopefully, yeah. people enjoyed it. Man, I, uh, I had a fun time. Yeah, uh, it was a good time. The yeah. butcher could barely keep himself in his seats and was <laughs> bouncing off the walls for most of it. So, because he says we have to, please yeah. follow us on Twitter. Oh yeah, and uh, follow us on Twitter. We have uh, an email: uh, random rant at hot, hot random rant generator at hotmail.com. Our email is Please random. Please send us your thoughts, your prayers, your hopes. And money. And one or two pokas. Uh, and money. <laughs> mostly money. You don't have to. Just money. That's fine. Money's fine. Tweet at us. Please tweet your interpretive dances at random rant podcast. Random rant cast. Random rant cast one. Yeah. For some reason. We have both the original and one because we're pros. Um, yeah. We anticipate selling it in the future, so... Right, exactly, but then we can so still So if anybody wants one. $25... Wait, 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 that's not how that works. <laughs> if anyone wants to give us titty pit, wait, never mind. Thanks for tuning in, this has been a special presentation brought to you by Jolteon Productions. Jolteon, where the jolt goes eons. Is that like an old joke? That's that not a joke. Is that an <laughs> joke? That's, that's, that's negative a joke. So it's one of your just standard jokes. That's not actually a hey, joke. Hey, we can end the fucking podcast now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>